welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, um, just wanted to ramble a bit. So what I'm going to do now, Lee, so I've been, I, I was paused. I, I paused myself um, for the start of the year. Multiple people paused me. I paused myself. God paused me um, to, to do some great things in me um, for the first sort of five months of the year. Um, and as we were coming around, just f- from, for, for pondering time with Holy Spirit and what he, what he wants to do and add to what's happening, um, Lee was sort of saying, what are you feeling? Da, da, da. And I wrote, wrote some things down. I kind of started writing around believing, belonging, a whole bunch of stuff around that. Just felt around that. And, and then Lee sent something to me. I sort of said, well, I, I'm, the, I'm the one that instigates this, Lee. So... Um, no, no. And then I quickly, I quickly thought, hey, I've been paused all year. How dare I? Um, so, we, so it was really, it was a really awesome process. And I, I'm like, what a privilege it is um, that, that Lee really drove this vision for 2023 with everything that she's poured in this year. I mean, it's always collaborative, but often I do um, bring that. I mean, that's how I'm wired and I bring it and then we collaborate together. But th- this has been a little bit different and I think it's perfect, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so, so Lee's going to jump up after I share if there's some time. Um, no joke. Come on, guys, lighten up. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Breathe out. Let's go. Um, so, so Lee's going to jump up and share. So I'm just going to share a little bit about... Um, about where we've been this year uh, and, and our heart around a couple of things. In February next year, this, we've had so many new people join our church, which is amazing. One of my jokes this year was, well, when I come back, they'll probably leave because um, you've been doing such a great job. But it's been phenomenal. And, and in February, I'd love to share just around our, our vision and communication model, which is our why, how, what, and, and how that all fits in. And then our, our core values, which we're retweaking, which we'll bring into our how because our why is heaven to earth and our how is presence, health, influence. So for the heaven to earth to happen, presence, health, influence happens, which is us becoming people of presence, us becoming people of health, our inner world, our soul, and then us becoming people of influence. And then the what is just stuff that we do. This morning is a what. And it's purely there to house our how. So when we put on our what, which is church and ministries, it's so that we can get together and learn and grow and embrace and become people of presence, people of health and people of influence. And then we get to go out and be that everywhere we go with him in our families and with the world around us. And guess what happens then? His kingdom comes and his will gets done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to read Isaiah chapter 9 was highlighted to me this morning. Um, for, it's, it's just a great Christmas verse, um, but it's also significant after we had state election. I'm not getting political. I'm not interested in doing that, but I just want to highlight something in the context of what our church is about. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And this line, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Shalom, peace. Come on now. 
So, so what is the government of God? What's this talking about? There'll be no end to the increase of His government. What is the government of God? It's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of heaven. It's the rule and reign of God. It's the king's domain. And there will be no increase to the, that there will be no, sorry, sorry. There will be no end to the increase of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. There'll be no increase to that or of peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit, Romans 14, 17. There'll be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. What is the government of God? It's the kingdom of God, and there'll be no end to the kingdom of God. Matthew 10, 7 to 8. This is Jesus encouraging us, his disciples. He said, go and announce to them that the kingdom, the government of God, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. (laughs) It's just, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. And And I'm going to say this again. It's not the government's job to bring heaven to earth. We, we pray for the government, but it's not actually their job to bring the kingdom. It's the church's job. And that's exciting. So how will God's government increase? Because Jesus said, hey, go and announce that the kingdom of God, the government of God, the kingdom of God is within reach, is at hand, meaning it's in within. Why is it within reach? Because the hope of glory is in us. And everywhere we go, the kingdom of God is within reach because the kingdom is within us. And just finally, how will God's government increase? I love this. Matthew 16, 18 to 19. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, don't get too excited about verse 18, okay? It's a great verse, but that's not the verse. Don't get too excited. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Great. So he'll build his church. Sweet. That's what Jesus said. And this is the line here of how his government will increase, and there'll be no end to it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So how does this whole deal happen? It happens through you, it happens through me, and it happens through us. We've got those slides, Mitch. The, so just closing in two minutes, and then Lee's going to jump up. But um, a friend of ours goes to our church, Becky, texts me. Um, I shared a little bit about this, but her son fell over. Her son fell over, and the tooth next to the two big tooth jammed up on an angle above and behind the tooth next to that one and you couldn't see the tooth. So we're going to go to slide one of what that looked like. So that's it. So the tooth just smashed up and it's gone in on an angle and it's just messed up. So then Becky um, really positioned herself well in hope, which is the confident, eager, joyful expectation of good anchored in Jesus, not the outcome. And then asked me to pray, and I said, come on down here. We'll play in the creation. We'll lay hands on him. Judy and Nolan are also praying, which is just great. Um, and, and, and we prayed, and, and, and Becky was talking about hope, and, 
and, and, and I said, hey, hope gives you courage. So tomorrow morning, she goes, yeah, I feel like tomorrow. And I said, yeah, it's going to feel like Christmas, like waking up and, and going and checking his tooth in hope. In the confident, joyful expectation of good, go in that because of who Jesus is and what he's set. We've seen too much. So she went in and then um, this is, uh, I think, the next day. So this is, so hello, Tooth. I should have mentioned that surgery was booked in for four days later to have it removed because the dentist who's on the board of dentalness, um, (laughs) Victoria, um, he's he's a a dental guru, um, um, and he he said, hey, um, it's abscessed, and it has abscessed, and, and, he, and we're going to have to remove it because it's going to mess the, the whole gum and teeth and structure up. So we're going to remove it. Anyway, so that happened though. And she fired this on to the dentist. And he said, wow, interesting. Um, can you come in today? This is Sunday last week. He fell Thursday. This is Sunday. So they went in. They ended up cancelling the surgery. So, and let's go. Oh, yeah, here we go. Okay. Um, so that's, I think, like five days later. And I got another message yesterday, which is even next, more next level. Can we, we just cheer that? Yeah. But so what I want to, like, there's no end to the increase of his government, which is there's no end to the increase of the kingdom coming, the kingdom at hand. What's in the kingdom? It's all that he is and his will and his desire and everything that he is about. And how is it going to happen? How is it going to increase? What, it's not just him just doing it and us watching, nodding or praying or begging. It's through us. That's how it's going to increase. And we, we have the privilege and the joy to, to encounter Him, partner with Him, and then allow heaven to come to earth through us in all the practical levels and layers that we find ourselves in every single day. And that's never going to change. That's the point. So I've said this before. If there's no testimonies, we're just a book club. We gather around a book and we're a book club. But the testimonies is proving belief. It's proving and embracing of truth. Testimonies are proving that we're believing, embracing and applying what we've read. And I'm super excited about seeing God show up next year, just like He did this year in different ways. So is that okay? So, And I'll share more about the model and how that works next year um, with all our, our core values tweaked around how it's going to happen in February probably. But um, I'm super excited that Lee gets to share this this morning. So let's get right behind her. Is that okay? Let's stand to our feet for Leroy. All right, let's get into this. I'm excited um, about this morning, and about next year's theme, and about, about you guys. Seriously. I'm just looking around. Like, this is a phenomenal church. You guys are amazing. Oh, I get so happy when I think about what God's doing in and through you all. And uh, I'm excited. So uh, here we go. A verse that I shared months ago. The last time I preached, I feel like I preached every week for like the first six months and I haven't preached for a couple of months. And I had to go back and go, when did I share this? Hey, Moy, when did I share this? And... um, a couple of months ago, I shared a sermon on Mephibosheth, for those that were here. Best sermon you heard, Mephibosheth. 
And in it, as I was sharing, um, I closed that sermon with Psalm 23 and the parallel of what David did to Mephibosheth and what he restored and what his love and his actions and everything. If you didn't hear the sermon, it's online. Go back and hear it. It's the last one I preached or read the book yourself. Um, But then I close with what David did with Mephibosheth in saying, you eat dinner at my house every night. You come and be part of my family. You come and partake. You come and be restored. You come and see your life changed. Then in Psalms, so David does this for Mephibosheth, his best friend, Jonathan's son. Then in Psalms 23, David then says to God, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Since I preached that message, since I preached that message, I have not stopped meditating on Psalm 23. It has been like a heart's language for my walk with the Lord. It has given new words, new depth, new legs in what God has done for me. For you have prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And I've been meditating on this for the last couple of months. And so when Justin, I, you know, messaged Justin, theme, what's the theme for 23? Let's pray into this. Let's talk about this. Let's do this. I'm excited. That verse kept coming up in Psalm 23, verse 5. It kept resounding in me. And Justin shed some ideas and I just kept going back, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I just said, I feel like the theme has to be at the table. It has to be at the table. Justin's like, that's a bit abstract. I'm like, yes, it is very abstract. It's not like sent ones, which is very easy (laughs) to understand. But you're at the table. And as I researched and as I looked into you, this, this verse, as I studied it, oh my goodness, does it come alive. Is there so much to it? It's not as simple as what I'm saying it to be. At the table, it's not as simple as just at the table. There is depth, there is language, there is words to this that expand and open it up with so much meaning and power. Verse 5, you, it starts with you. I'm not preparing the table. (laughs) You're not preparing your own table. You're not laying it out saying, all right, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. God, you come and meet my needs. No, the first word is you. He prepares it. He prepares the table. Now, I love my family. And we eat dinner at the table. I love to provide. I love my friends. I love it when they come over and we get to spend time and sit at the table and fellowship. But I hate to break it to you. I'm not perfect. I do the best I can. But when it's you, he is perfect. And not only is he perfect, but he knows everything about you and about me because he made us. We don't surprise him. Like when my kids learn something new, I'm like, ah, I didn't know that about you. But he's not surprised when we do something different or new. He made us. There's no surprises. So when he prepares the table, it is epic. 
It's amazing. In this verse, table actually means feast. And before me actually means face. So he's not talking about, David is not talking about you prepare a table before me, talking about in heaven and talking about the future. He's talking about now. He's talking about face. We're in this now. It's not future tense. It's current tense. And he's not talking about, I'm just sitting at an empty table here, waiting around for God to show up. It's a feast. It's got everything on it. It's not bare, but it's full. It's not half full. It's not bits and pieces. It's not scattered. It is a feast. It is epic. And when you think about God's table, when you think about the table he prepares, he's not talking food. Obviously, he's talking food in terms of the word food. But when you think about a table, when I think about a table, sorry, I'll use my language. When I think about table, I think about family. I think about friends. I think about connection and fellowship. I think about intimacy. You can't sit at a table and not be intimate with the people you're sitting with. Otherwise, you're sitting by yourself. A family is intimate. A family supports. A family connects. A family brings correction. A family brings advice. So when we're talking about God's table, think about it. Think about how epic what is on that table, what he's prepared for us, what is here, what he's laid out before us. Think about it. This isn't a, I'm going to sit and leave. This is a place you want to be. You want to stay. You don't want to rush off. You're not going to stuff your face and exit. You're going to sit and enjoy. Wholeness, healing, breakthrough, answers, restoration. A table is where you're cared for, where understanding comes, where questions are had. When God says, when David says, you prepare the table before me, he's using big language to illustrate a practical setting, something simple. In the presence of my enemies. In here, the Hebrew, it's saying in the same room. So as I'm sitting at the Lord's table, as I'm sitting at the table God has prepared for me, not at the table, but in the space are my enemies. What does that tell me? I am untouchable when I'm at the table. He has nothing on me. He can do nothing. 
He cannot even force me, say anything, interfere, nothing while I'm at the table. While I'm seated at the table, he just observes. He looks on to watch me feast at the Lord's goodness, to watch me receive from all that God has given me, to watch me enjoy the presence of family, the presence of the King. He can't touch me. I am fully protected at the table. I'm fully protected. I'm completely safe at the table. I'd like to think my kids would say the same thing about our dinner table. It's a safe place. It's a place where I can be honest. It's a place... (laughs) It's a place where we can talk. Where there's no judgments. Where there's no... Oh, yuckness. It's not even a word. But you get what I'm saying. Fully protected. I'm fully covered. I'm fully safe. I'm fully um, untouchable when I'm at the table, when I'm abiding, when I'm in family mode, when I'm in presence mode, when I belong where I am. The, the devil, the enemy, cannot get you. Can I just make this really clear? You are untouchable unless you give permission. So when you say the enemy's attacking me, there's two things going on there. Number one, you've got bad theology. Or number two, you've given him permission. Oh, I know. That was a real big correction of thought right there. The enemy cannot attack you. The enemy can watch, but he cannot get you. Unless you say, here I am, come get me. But when you're in the family, when you're in the presence, when you're at the table that he is prepared, you are covered, you are safe. You anoint my head with oil. Check this out. Up until two weeks ago, I honestly thought this anoint my head with oil was like when Saul and David were anointed to be kings. Solomon, anointed to be king. I literally thought it was the same, but it's not. It's not the same. This anoint, check this out in the Hebrew. You anoint in Hebrew is to be fat. Fattened. Like that wants to be our prayer. (laughs) To make fat is what this means. I'm going to read this out. To make fat my head with oil. With oil, it's fragrance. Back in the day... At banquets, 
that were extravagant, they anointed people with perfume because of extravagance. Because it's good and it's enjoyable. And what David is saying here is, God, you anoint. You anoint me to the point where I look fat of extravagance that my cup, my life overflows with abundance. It's not talking about Holy Spirit here. And we all know, I'm not saying, obviously Holy Spirit anoints us, comes upon us, in us, upon, within, around, yada, yada. We've got all that. But this one, this here, you anoint my head with oil. It's a perfume. (laughs) It's not the regal anointing. It's pouring oil abundantly so it makes us look fat. It indicates prosperity and rejoicing. So when we're sitting at this table, what David is saying, provision is at the table. What Kylie was saying this morning, provision is at the table, abundance is at the table, laughter, joy, presence, encouragement, all of that is at the table. It doesn't have what we need only. It has what we need and what we want and even more than that. I grew up in a family that I absolutely adore and love. And the wording was often used, mum and dad are watching this, love you mum and dad. What do you need? So my whole, not my whole life, but a lot of my language now is, but do you need that? Because that was a big language. What do you need? For birthdays, for Christmases, yeah, what do you need? And on one hand, that's brilliant because we need our needs answered and taken care of. Like, we actually need that. That's very good. I know one person who gets from their um, family member socks and jocks every Christmas because good new socks and jocks every year is a good idea. It's a need. Am I writing that on my list to Santa every year? Probably not. But it doesn't mean I don't need it. But then we have our wants. What do we want? What's nice? We don't need any more cactuses at our house. (laughs) But Justin wants for Christmas more pots for more cactuses. (laughs) Needs a meal. And do you know what's really cool? Is that God doesn't work on just needs. He loves that Justin loves cactuses. (laughs) Justin does not need any more tattoos. He does not need any more. He wants more (laughs) and more and more. (laughs) Pipe down, Liz. (laughs) God doesn't operate out of needs based. His table. I don't know about you, but we're going to sit at the Christmas table this year. 
And if we only eat what we need, 90% of the food's going in the bin. Let's be honest. We eat what we need and what we want. And God looks at our life and says, yeah. Yeah. Perfume to the point you look fat because that's who I am. Because I am extravagant. Because I am over and above everything you need, everything you want. And I am way past that. So when we're talking about a table that is a feast, we're talking about something that is far bigger than we can even conceive. When David put this language of you prepare a table before me right now in the presence of my enemies where they are looking on and I'm enjoying this feast and you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. We'll discover verse 6. We'll dive into that next year. This is the language he's using is I don't have a small God and I don't have a God who has no power and I don't have a God who doesn't care. I have a God who is extravagant, a God who looks after, a God who protects, a God who has answered and a God who has gone before me right now in this life. What's amazing is the same with Mephibosheth. He didn't deserve what he got. based on his worth, based on what he brought to the table, based on anything, he deserved it based on birth. This table, we sit at it not because we did something right, not because we are worth anything to deserve this, but because of birth, we become worthy. We become welcomed. We have an invitation. There is an open invitation to sit at the table. There's an open invitation to belong, to be part of the family, to partake, to be safe, to have abundance. There is an open invitation because of your yes to Jesus, because of your yes you have an open invitation. That is our theme next year at the table. We're going to unpack it. We're going to celebrate it. We're going to grow in it. We're going to rejoice in it. We're going to open it up to get a full understanding of what David meant, what God's table looks like and what we're going after. Because who knows, I want to be sitting at this table. This is the place I belong. This is the place I'm resting in. This is the place that I'm feasting on. This is where I'm living my life.